0: Welcome to the I like the way you think podcast where we take a deeper look into the lives of three black women as they go through life. Come hang out
1: with us. We say what you're thinking out loud
0: and discuss all the topics you already talk about. I'm Laverne. I'm Janisha.
2: I'm Elaine. Now let's get into today's podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the I Like the Way You Think podcast. And last week we talked about self love, self care, wholeness, a whole host of things. To be honest with you, felt like we were kind of touching on a whole bunch of topics. So if you guys want us to circle back and really hone in on one specific subject, I'm pretty sure we would be open to that. But yeah, continue to send in your questions, even if it's for a um, podcast episode that is in the past. We one day want to have an episode where we um, respond directly to you guys. So we encourage you to reach out to us. This week, mm, we're gonna uh, take a trip down memory lane and talk about our childhood a little bit. More specifically, our childhood and education. And I don't know about you guys, but being raised in Canada, I mean, if you were not raised in a predominantly white space, you are one of the very few lucky (sighs) unicorns of uh of our generation, but to ask you guys, predominantly white spaces whether it's where you lived, where you went to school, was that your reality? Do you have a different reality because I would love to live vicariously through you if that's the case. Um
1: up until 6th grade, I lived in a predominantly black area, Shout out to Rexdale. Uh-huh. We were actually pretty multicultural, but there was like a lot of black people. Um, Must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I I just I was amongst my peers. Um and it was a great feeling until I had to move to the suburbs and that I guess we'll girl. get into that.
0: Likewise. Likewise. So, mm-hmm. I was born and raised until um senior kindergarten. Um, Queen Street, Toronto. Oh, yeah.
2: You guys are both born in Canada, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Damn. Downtown Toronto. Um, best experience ever. Now, downtown Toronto at that time, during the, like, the 90s, was actually multicultural. So, that's where all of the immigrants would stay and stuff for work, for living. There was no, like, traveling from outer town to go to work. And so, my daycare and all my friends, genuinely multicultural. Um, and then, after um, SK or during SK, I moved to Jane and Weston Road. And that was predominantly black. And that, again, was one of the best experiences of my childhood as well. And, um, Yeah, I don't know. It was just such fun times. And then um, in grade three, in the middle of grade three, my parents moved me all the way, all the way to um, not just the suburbs, but a white flight city. Um, Mm. So that was traumatizing. Um, I was yeah it was very traumatizing and it was also a cultural shock and it's funny because like where i used to live probably is like 45 minutes to an hour difference from way up north and so anyways we'll get into that later but that's that's my origin story so for
2: me i was obviously not raised in this country i was i mean born in this country I was born in zimbabwe so from birth to four years old all i knew was black and then we moved to montreal and it was so multicultural but there was a language barrier so that was kind of interesting for me and then similar to laverne you know when you live in a quote unquote hood it is obviously very multicultural although my best friend as a child was a little white boy i don't know where he came
0: from same I don't but girl. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know where this little boy came from, but yeah, he was my little bestie, you know, in the midst of all the color. And even in grade school, from grade 1 to grade 8, I was at a very multicultural school. I had um Asian teachers, Spanish teachers, black teachers, very few white teachers to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, it was the transition to high school that was very interesting for me. But I actually don't want to talk too much about, you know, the plight of being raised in um, predominantly white spaces. So I don't want you guys to harp on that too, too much. But I will ask you, how was that experience being surrounded by whiteness as a black child, trying to come into their own and maybe not even realizing, huh, am I the anomaly here? Am Am I the outlier? What's going on?
0: Sorry, I'm having a lot of resentment being stirred up right now. So, the no, you take seriously. it away.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> irritated. Um,
1: <laughs> no, it was very irritating for me because it was one of the first times that I was really dealt with racism.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then, because I come from an immigrant um, background, my parents automatically thought like. No, it has to be you. It can't be the teachers. It can't be the Mercy. school. Mm. Mercy. So it was always a battle because, of course, again, I mentioned I came from the hood. I was very, very outspoken, Um, even though I wasn't, I didn't know exactly what was, I didn't know about microaggressions. I didn't know about all those things, obviously, because I was like in sixth grade. um, And at that time, we weren't advanced, Kids now would be, <laughs> um but I remember going home and I used to say like, "Mom, I know my teacher doesn't like me. I know my teacher doesn't like me." Like, um and she'd just be like, "No, I will just because you chat too much and this and that and all this stuff." Like,
2: I'm was, sure that was probably too.
1: Yes, <laughs> but also I wasn't taking foolishness from them. So like, right. even though I was a child, I also realized that there was some power dynamic mm-hmm. that that mm-hmm. wasn't right Listen. um <laughs> and so I was always on the defense because like just little things that the teacher would say like I remember I did a test with the other students and the teacher would say oh well you know I didn't know that in rexstill they would teach you these things is it not the same Ontario that we're in? Like, <laughs> I I don't understand. Like, is it not the same curriculum? Like, I don't understand. And it it would just be like whenever I would get like a hundred percent or eighties or nineties, like the teacher would just look at it like, Disbelief. oh well, it must be a fluke, yeah, or something like that. And I was just like, yo, something's wrong. Um, and of course I had quote unquote behavioral issues, so stuff that I wouldn't get in trouble for when I was in Toronto. I'd get in trouble for when I was in Ajax. Um, and I started seeing things like in-school suspensions over oh, the littlest man. thing. And I'm like, now that I'm older, in retrospect, I can see how racist Mercy. that is. Yes, Durham public. oh <laughs> Okay, it's racist. Um... <laughs> And it it really, it's not a good memory for me. It's not a good memory for me. And if I had known then what I know now, I would have actually encouraged my parents to file against the school board for racial discrimination and harassment. Hmm. Like, that's how
0: bad it was. Okay. So, yeah same um sorry can we ask the question again <laughs> <laughs> just touch on
2: the realization as a kid if you had it that I'm the outlier in this
0: environment <sighs> immediately I'm... okay mm-hmm. go ahead immediately so ugh, I don't know I have so much anxiety talking about this oh my goodness but so I remember the first day of grade three my mom and I we didn't understand the um the neighborhood yet because it was really big and so <laughs> we took like the longest route that we could possibly take to the school it was cool seeing all the houses duh, duh, duh. we get to the school I'm looking around and I'm just like <coughs> I'm the only one I'm the only one and um yeah like all the staff was white all the students were white Um, except for a select few. And I remember being enrolled in my class, and the first day, the first thing that anyone told me was, I think, yeah, I was in grade three, and I think, like, a a grade seven came up to me, and they were like, is so and so your brother? And I was like, huh? Mercy. Yeah, I was like, what? No. (laughs) And then I remember for recess, me and my friends... Um, it was Portage Trail that I used to go to. Shout out Portage Trail. Okay. Um, but yeah, so when I went to Portage Trail, um at Jana Weston, um we would be like, Yeah girl, and da 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 and like we know we did we did our whole thing. I remember talking to a white girl on the playground and actively telling myself in my mind, don't say the yeah girl thing. I don't think she's gonna get it. And that was like the first thing that I remember of me kind of not necessarily um, the uh, water watering down my personality but realizing that I just don't fit here mm. Um, and so yeah I mean there's been other instances that I could share as well um, about teachers thinking that I was ac- actually physically stronger than I really was so in grade six there was this white girl who we got into a fight and it was snowing outside and she put my whole face like she put her whole body on my Excuse face me? and my neck and I couldn't breathe and I was like tapping tapping and then as soon as she let me go I think I knocked her out and then I got in trouble for it and the teacher was just like um I don't want to name names right now but whatever <laughs> um a teacher was just like I'm like yeah she did I couldn't even breathe and she just like I'm sure you hit her harder than you thought she did and I said no i really didn't because i didn't understand what was going on and did you know that this teacher had put her hand out had me squeeze her her hand to prove the point that i'm stronger than i thought i am which i wasn't by the way Mm. also my hand wasn't big enough to even cover her entire hand we'll never Mm. forget that so that's a little instance of like some of the things that i had to go through but yeah racism (laughs) no for real uh so for me the
2: interesting thing is i actually experienced a lot of multiculturalism from i guess you could say from birth to grade eight because i've almost my entire life went to adventist schools which is a trauma of its own child oh my gosh um so because of that it was more like community based because you would see these people every friggin' day. So, my school, because it was Adventist, was only from Monday to Thursday. We would have Fridays off to prepare for the Sabbath. And um, on Fridays, you'd probably have like devotions or respers or whatever. So you would see those same people who you saw at school at your church. And then Saturday, you would be at church. So you'd see them again. And then Sundays, you'd either have Pathfinders or Adventures, so you'd see them again. So my issue wasn't actually feeling like an anomaly, feeling like I was an outlier because there were a lot of black and brown and, and Asian people in my classroom. So that wasn't anything. However, I felt like the teachers would cape For the white children Mm -hmm. and so anytime i got in trouble it was in relation to this little white child who was ever so fragile going through whatever they were going through most often boys okay so the very first yeah so i had a very different experience i mean it it shifted in high school but i'm going to touch on that later the very first time i realized it was in grade three and the, the problem was that the teacher had her child in my grade. So she couldn't really um, put the boundary between teacher mode and parent mode. So sometimes, like, if her son would cry about something, oh, and I had to deal this with this kid all the way to university, you guys. That's why being in Adventist schools your whole life is traumatizing. These people follow you forever. Anyways, anytime I would get in, like, a little altercation with this kid or if he would cry and i would just happen to be around i would get in trouble and it got so bad to the point where i was just like don't come near me he likes why me would for you get reason. in trouble though because she was in mom mode she wasn't being a teacher she was in mom but mode. but why would you get in trouble baby if i knew if i knew and it's funny because guilt will always tell on itself because now she always hits me up. I still have pictures of you on my on my computer. Bye, oh, I love next. when I love when you and um the boy. I love when you and the boy used to be so close and blah blah blah. I'm like, girl. If anything it's a blog. You could-
0: <laughs> no, no, for, for real. real. <laughs> she
2: asked for a donation for the school and I was like, no. That's no. Um, there are other ways I can give back. That would never be a way. But anyways, like that was the first time that I really started to experience things. And then um, in grade five, it happened again. This was where like I started developing and I was one of the first ones. I actually think I was the first one because I remember that same grade three teacher coming to me being like, hey, it's time to get a bra. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And so there was this little <laughs> white boy who, um, so we would always do like a cue not a a Q. What's it called in American English? A A Q, you guys. A line. A line. Thank you. We would Whoa. get in a line. Listen, I'm from <laughs> a British colony. Okay. Well, so is Canada, but whatever. Anyways, we would get in a line, and um, it would always be the same white boy who would hold the door for everybody, and whenever it was my turn, he would smack my bum. And I would complain to the teacher, and it was a black man, and he was like oh well
0: boys will be boys no no
2: and i was like i kid you not it's because he's white and i guess they're afraid of like messing with and it wouldn't even be messing it's just discipline with like the white children or whatever yeah i had issues with that teacher too who also later in life came to apologize to me and i'm like why were you guys after children but anyways um yeah (laughs) <laughs> so for me, I really didn't feel the difference in my education because I wasn't in a white space. But moving on to high school, looking at my yearbook just a few days ago, this was the first time I truly noticed every single staff member was a Caucasian individual. And at the time, I did not realize that because my community was white, the all the students were white, and um, the teachers were white. So to me, whiteness was just my reality and so like laverne Hmm. was saying earlier there were little microaggressions that you really didn't digest as microaggressions and now when i think about the things they used to say to me like oh i'm the sassy girl didn't know what sassy meant um i'm the girl who they would always hear in the atrium i'm the one who you you expect her to be late you expect her to to speak up in class you like just different things and i was like huh slowly internalizing things not realizing it was um because it was coming racism, from white people yeah so supremacy. moving into like high school were there any experiences that you guys felt that like wow this is directly being done to me because I'm the black person in this space
1: bruh how much time do we have did I not much because I want to go a break? positive route <laughs> nah I will break I will, high school <laughs> no I will actually say this Is something that, to this day, it bothers me. And what I didn't know is that uh, you have 10 years from when you um, get out of high school to request your records. 10 years or or 5 years or something like that. And when I thought, like, I actually thought about this. Like, guys, this actually irked me a lot. Um, And when I wanted to request it, I called um, the school board and they're like, oh, no, we destroyed them already. Uh Uh-oh. But let me tell you, if they did not destroy them, it would have been a lawsuit. Because this particular instance, I I could not forget it. I must have been in grade 10 or 11. It wasn't my final year, grade 10 or 11. I loaned my notes to someone. And I messaged them and I was like, yo, I need my notes, like, whatever, whatever. They're like, yeah, cool, pull up to the class. I went to the class. I knocked on the door. And the teacher was pregnant, a white woman, can't forget it. She was pregnant. And I said, Miss, I came to come get like obviously I'm just a kid, so I'm like, yo, miss, I came to come get <laughs> um my notes. And she's like, um, I feel threatened right now. Uh-huh? Oh god. How do you feel threatened? You literally open the door and move back. The class is filled with kids, bad kids. They're yelling at you, telling you you're an idiot. Um, and I was yeah, like, I, I don't even have time for you right now. I'm just going to come get my notes and leave. By the time I went to my class, on the PA, I was asked to come down to the office. Suspension. Mm-hmm. To this day, they couldn't tell me what I was being suspended for. <sighs> oh my God. I my blood pressure. <sighs> I even when I went home and I told my parents, my mom was like, "I thought it got mom. I said, like "Stay."
0: <laughs> and I'm like, oh "God, no."
1: Damn. And I remember um the vice principal calling me in her office. Must have been like grade 11. And was like, "You have I kid you not, I had over 20 suspensions. I kid you not." And they're like, "Oh, wow. you know, no. First of all, if you're in high school and you're listening to this, listen carefully they're like oh no school is gonna take you if you have so many suspensions no university is gonna take you yes. and if you have lates late and if you have absences it's not sorry true. you guys it's not true <laughs> it's not true and even now as an adult i sit back and i'm like if i had 20 odd suspensions why did they never expel me yeah like you guys that's went to public how school, much bs right? Yeah. No, I went to a I went to a Catholic school. Oh, I oh. sorry I went to a public school
0: and Catholic I went to high a Catholic high school as well. Okay. I went to yeah. Three different high schools. Same. Ooh. So, so, I didn't go to three different. <laughs> um,
1: oh, so. But yeah, that, that was an experience I don't ever forget.
0: Wow. And you, Denisha? <laughs> God, girl, ask the question again. I'm sorry. It's it's you don't um, have to give a specific
2: example, but like, did you feel? Did you really start to feel? the separation between like oh i am black and these people are white when you got to high school kind of like more understanding like no what no I was you completely, didn't
0: i was completely well i knew the division but that was from the first day that i got to Berry mm. and mapleview heights was that elementary school it was, it was the first uh-uh. time <laughs> um so i always knew that there was a division I didn't realize the impact of it until first year university, which we'll obviously get into that later. But, um, during high school, I kind of laid low. I had, um, I would say with majority of my friends were either racialized or black. And so I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Cause I, I can't really think of anything significant. Like I just remember, okay, I'll share this. So one time I was friends with this white girl And um, she pulled the fire alarm just because she could. And she pulled the fire alarm, which was down the... I almost said down the street. Down the hallway from the staff room. And... I just remember being like, I'm not going to get caught up here when they leave and they like swarm out like a bunch of bees because I know who's going to be targeted first. Mm. It's going to be me. I don't even remember Mm. running down the stairs. I remember flying down the stairs. (laughs) It's so, you know, stuff like that. You know, during Black History Month, I remembered um, this. It it was a book with, I think, Negro in the title. This white boy said, The Hard E.R., on the PA, um, there was, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. Anyways, there's just, That's traumatizing. there's just many instances, um, yeah, next question. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: um, initially I was gonna also include, um, post-secondary education, but I wanna move that to the next episode, because I now look at the way that high schools are, schools in general, representation in media, and I'm like, damn, the way I would wish to be a little black girl in today's age. You know what I mean? Mm. And so a question I want to pose to you guys is, knowing what you know now, both um, internally and also what you see in the media, what would you have wanted to experience as a child, so maybe you can go from um, K to uh, to junior high, junior high to high school, or just put it all together. What would you have liked to see? How would you have felt more seen as a little black girl growing up in the education system?
1: Definitely more black teachers. Um, And not just the um, (laughs) black for diversity effort, but actual black teachers who are involved Challenge in the culture. white
0: supremacy because right. a lot of them would implement it, just like how Elaine, you were saying, a lot of them would be harder on the black students, but continue. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Not, not just for the diversity check, but literally, like, I'm black first. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so I would also want to see the... I would also like to see the effort of including black history in Canadian history. Yes. Because why is it that when I'm leaving institution, um, I'm learning about black history in Canadian history? No, we should be taught, really, truthfully, we should be taught about aboriginal, indigenous history, and we should be taught about black history in Canada because those two groups have contributed a lot canadian society um especially more than the dominant thinking that white people white settler colonists have and i believe that it's revisionist history so that needs to go um what else? What else? What I, um, more multicultural stuff. And I'm not talking about like, oh, Black History Month. Let's get all these people. No, I want to see it year round. I want to see celebrations for, you know, people who are, uh what do they call it? Pacific Islanders. Oh, Pacific yeah? okay. Asian Islanders. South Asian. Every culture. Because you know what? This whole... This whole belief that you know society is majority white, stop this. It's not right even now. True. We're living in right now. We are living in a multicultural society, at least in Ontario. Um, and the other day, the immigration people said that they want about two million immigrants. Personally, I think that's a lowballing because our population of Canada is like thirty-two million. We have an aging population, and um, People, the millennials, they're not having kids. So, who's <laughs> going to support the aging population? Y'all need to get more people up in here. That's what I would like to see.
2: Okay. All right. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, yeah. Actually, mm. and the ability to be a black girl in peace. Okay? That part. In in peace. Um, One of the issues that I had was when we were when I went to a uniform school and it was Me just too. like we Sorry. all knew they came with oh you have to wear black shoes you know all the black people came with the air forces because <laughs> <laughs> we really? had we had that energy okay and when they realized when they realized that like oh this must be a cultural thing they banned air forces but you know
0: what we did what? we still wore the
1: air F- yes we still wore the air force. They Forces. hate
0: us in this country. I don't think people realize. Bro,
1: I'm telling you. And also like when we used to wear mm-hmm. our hair in different in different ways, like in braids or mm-hmm. um them time that them time to high school people never really come with the, the weave, okay? We weren't prime like kids now and people weren't really wearing makeup like that. Mm-hmm. People were just bareface. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see a one two strip eyelash or whatever. Um But, you know, mid 2000s, um, I'm talking like 2010s and up, like we were just living and we were just not able to truly be black in peace. There was always an attack on our blackness. So I just really would love to see where the black girls and the black boys can be whoever they want to be like. There was always this thing, too, where, oh, if, if I'm a black boy, uh, I have to be on the basketball team.
2: Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. I
1: have to play football. And if I don't, then I'm not contributing to my school society.
2: Like, So you want, like, a Bel Air situation, like Carlton playing lacrosse? Um, you know what? I don't even want to talk about Belair
1: Because Carlton's character is agi. Uh,
0: yeah, we're not getting into really that. Really into that. So
1: no, I don't want to talk
0: about I was about actually going to say for my answer, um, just sharing a, a quick little experience, is um, that white lacrosse guy being like, oh, here's another sport that they can't take from us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did say that. <clears throat> I heard that too. In Mapleview Heights, located in Barrie, Ontario. Um, <laughs> I'm very upset, the honestly. I me. actually think I'm going to write them a letter, actually. Um and let them... I, yeah. Anyways. Um,
1: CC, make sure you see the school trustees.
0: Girl, did you know I had a conversation with the... What is it? The Minister of Education or something in Ontario when he came to Barry talking about past students' experiences. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. What didn't...
1: happened? What was the result of that
0: conversation? Not much. He was being a perfect politician. Um... Because I asked him, okay, I've been out of elementary school since, I don't know how long, over 10 years, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is definitely over 10 years. Okay, so, like, I'm like, so why is this now a conversation today? Mm. Well, I'm just so happy about our efforts and that we're we're, we're moving into a more... uh (laughs) is the entire call like one of my friends people who were also on the call was just like oh your girl was mad and i'm like am i supposed to be happy about this foolishness they were talking and i kept saying in the call you're saying anti-racist or um multicultural or diverse no we need to uh dispel white supremacist teachings and the education system mm-hmm. and we need to continue to say white supremacy because that's exactly what it is thank you so much anyways
1: i'm so sad i'm so upset, I'm so upset. But, then, but then what do you say to those people that are quote-unquote white nationalists who think that they have a leg to stand on so when you say oh we want to demolish or we want to take away f- a take away white supremacy from our society they're like no that's part of our history that's part of our being that's part of no, who we are because
0: when we say I'm sorry the, hold on what? That what? what? white Did nationality what? is white supremacy I'm sorry that's it no, no no it. no
2: but they're saying that's part of
1: what? I'm yeah confused. yeah it's, it's a thing it's a thing there are people that are white
0: nationalists within Canada you know, no you know? I
2: understand them being that but to say that's an integral part of our society excuse me how
0: yes and to say it's because, different from white supremacy, sir, it's white supremacy. What are you talking they're, about?
1: They're they're benefiting from it actively.
2: That's why
0: white supremacy. What what's the difference? Because I think it's crazy that I've if never heard, heard people
2: blatantly say no. We can't get rid of that because that that that's a that's yes, a, just a part of girl. There is a lot of people. That. It's, I'm, su- I'm sure that that philosophy it, is
1: out there. I'm just saying yeah. I've
2: never heard it.
1: People say it explicitly and people say it implicitly by saying things like, oh, it's a part of Canadian culture. Mm, like, when you hear people wrong. say things like that, that's them saying, no, we need to protect this because this is a part of Canadian culture. And the fact that people even say Canadian culture is why reversing it back. Yeah, I just said reversing back. But this is why I said it's important (laughs) reverse (laughs) fuck reverse (laughs) fuck the reason why I said it's important for us to talk about the contributions of black Canadians in Canadian history and also talk about indigenous history that was here before
0: white settler colonialists came here but also talking about white supremacies contribution in the mass genocide of indigenous communities and downplaying also the um the work and the history that black people have also had in Canada which starts from like the 1800s so like and even before then so i don't know anyways so my actual question. question
2: was yeah. uh-huh. how would you how would you Denisha have liked to see the little black girl
0: experience her. Make sure that you're hiring um, people who look at, not even who look like the students, because even then still make sure that you, because a teaching job isn't just able to, I don't know, relay maths or like English or history or whatever the case may be. But these teachers are also coming with their own experiences. And if all of the teachers are white, What could they truly, and especially when they're not even doing the work to even read like anti-racist books, which there's a whole bunch of resources and trainings and all this stuff, what are they going to be? First of all, they will not be in a position to challenge their own white supremacist notions, and black people aren't devoid of also, like we said with other black teachers, with also implementing those structures as well. But, like, if nobody is there with that lived experience and they cannot challenge it, and they can also not validate the experiences of those Black students and other students um, of other races and stuff. So there's but that. where that. gets But where
1: that gets tricky is when you have Black people who are actively participating in white supremacist ideals. Because just because you're Black... Just because
0: you're skin folk doesn't mean we're kin folk. Yeah, but I also did say though that like, not just anybody. <laughs> like I want people who are going to actively like promote the love of Black people, the love of Black history, culture, individuals, like all of that stuff. Um, and also like it's not even to be like you guys are evil, but it's just like if we actually want to move forward in a better society where everybody, where there's equity, not diversity, but equity, then we need to start training the minds of educators and also training the minds of the students. And that means getting the entire picture and learning how us as individuals, no matter of your skin color, how we also play a role into white supremacy. So anyways, so there's that. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have liked to see... um, With projects, like it was always about like, like white historians or like just white art or like you know stuff like that I would have liked there to be options of more diverse pieces even in like the textbooks and stuff for me it wasn't too much of a pain point because no matter what if they told me I'm gonna be doing a project and someone they were always black (laughs) like it, it was never like it just came naturally to me um and i would just like everything that laverne said but also i just want justice like i i feel like situations that happened to you laverne should have never happened and so what does that mean it's just left for stories like no it should be left to mm. active apologies it, it not even just with your mouth but with policies in these schools teachers should be getting in trouble for this stuff like mm. people should be losing their jobs for this stuff like it's not even it's it's child we neglect. It's child sure. abuse. So we need to treat it as such. Um, what other ways? And also, you know, punishment for the um, students as well. Like, no way should you be able to say hard ER on the PA mm. and it's, and people are just giggling about it and that's about it. That's disgusting. And that's just mm-hmm. a very minor thing. That's true. Let's do that as well. Mercy. Um I mean, I like that you guys took it to a
2: system level that's not what my question was, but it's okay. Uh, What little Elaine would have liked to see is when you touched on the projects, Mm. that was my thing too. I would have loved to have done more projects that had to do with maybe black historians or, you know, black activists or just different, like, different stuff. Um, I would have liked to see, like, you know how sometimes they put, like, different themes around the school? I would have liked to see a theme that was, like... Different countries in Mm. Africa on one wall or um, the aboriginal. I'm not even going to lie to you. In the Adventist uh, school that I went to, we really did cover a lot of First Nations history. Can't even lie to you. We really did. Um, So, yeah, I feel like that was cool. I would have liked to see teachers who look like me really root for me. Because like I said, the harshest scrutiny I got was from some of the Mm -hmm. teachers of color. So I was like, huh, that's confusing. And um, that trickled into high school as well, except um, I went to a school where my brothers had previously been there already. So um, my middle brother, he's just known as the trouble child. So everybody's like, oh, you're and so sister? Okay. <laughs> so they just kind of assumed that I was going to be hard to deal with. They assumed that I was going to be in the dash two classes. So for us, like we had dash one, dash two, dash three. Dash three is basically like you technically should be in the grade, Below the one that you're in. Dash two is simplified. Dash one is, you know, applied, basically. And I was in all of the dash one classes. I was in all the applied classes. Yet, for some reason, every classroom I would go to, they would always undermine my intelligence. And I wish that there were more people who would root for me in my education years. I would have liked to see, like, you know how now the kids have, um, I know the thing that's going around is like Jules TV, the little like cartoon. Um, that you could play on YouTube, or that show that shows the little kids with, like, bonnets, or oh, yes. bonnets, <laughs> or the show that's like, wait, you're black, too? I thought you were Spanish. I'm Afro-Latino. Like, I would have mm. loved more, like, explanation of our differences, because um, I, I, for the longest time, thought, if you're lighter than me, you must not be full black. Okay. I genuinely did not understand it. It'd be cool to learn that in school, because that's where I saw... These different kinds of black people would have been nice to understand them better because we were all trying to get to understand ourselves. What else would I have liked to see? Mainly, that's the thing, just like more. I'm rooting for you, black kids, mm-hmm. more of that. Mm-hmm. I felt like that was lacking, and I don't think it can only come from black teachers, mm-hmm. I think it could have come from a lot of other teachers, yes. too. One of my favorite teachers in elementary school was a white woman and i actually used to call her mom because that's how much she really looked out Mm -hmm. for me and if i would have had that from every single grade that would have been amazing and on top of that the school that i went to they did double grades so that was bad if you had a bad teacher you'd have them for two years so that was i was
1: in a double i was in a split class like that oh god it was
0: horrible (laughs) absolutely horrible (laughs) oh my god But
2: at least my grade nine teacher, he, not to say him adopting a black child made him, you know, understand blackness, but he would always, like, question um, different, like, just different things in curriculum he'd be like okay we're talking about this person but how do you mm-hmm. think that affected these type of people how do you think that affected you mm-hmm. your family all of this stuff we had a thing called special days oh my gosh if we would have had special days all through elementary i think i would be a whole different person so this grade nine teacher he also let me call him by his first name he was a really cool guy i love him so much anyways he would do this thing called special days where um, you write down on a piece of paper, like, what's your favorite song, what's your favorite snack, and what is an activity you want to do on your special day. And so when you come in oh, on your special day, so your song would be playing in the oh, classroom. That's so cute. Your snack would be, child- and this was grade nine, oh my your gosh. snack would be on your table on your little desk thing and then your activity would be done maybe like a gym class or like on one of the recesses whatever you wanted to do maybe you wanted to say like let's play scrabble as a classroom we would play Mm. scrabble as a classroom let's have a nap time we would have nap time like you were made special on that day he also would come in like dressed in different costumes to teach us things better like visual representation Mm -hmm. so like i feel like if i had um I'm forgetting his last name because I really did just call him Brady. If we had Brady throughout my childhood education, mm-hmm. I think it, I would have had a very different educational process.
0: That's yeah. so nice. I'm trying to think of my teachers. I know Mrs. Prospero in grade 12 was so helpful. She used to, like, give me rides home and stuff, and she would talk to me, um, she was actually the first teacher or the first person who realized that I was depressed in grade 12. Like, she just like, you know, you submit because she was my creative writing um, teacher. And that's what I use as an outlet and stuff. And I remember we were like talking and she's just like, you know, it just feels like you're just existing. Like you're just there. Like, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I don't know. She was she was really cool, really pivotal um, for me. Oh Lord I know Mrs. Rory was cool but it was only because she was really nice like I can't really think of any teachers who really were just like this is not fair and so mm-hmm. I'm going to advocate for this like I really can't think of any
1: um, I actually had a couple yeah. of those teachers though that that were not necessarily either they were people of color or they were allies like white allies um in as early as you know what now that i'm talking i only had one racist teacher when i was in elementary school like when i was in the hood like from kindergarten right up until grade four all my teachers were amazing like they
2: always
1: and that's why that's why it was such a, a culture shock for me because I went to a, a elementary school that was from kindergarten to grade five. And th- my last year was grade five. And I had, um, I remember her name, I won't say her name. But that teacher gave me hell. I went to Elm Bank Middle School, Middle Academy, sorry. And I had Mrs. Kapacos. She was amazing. She was Greek. And she was like, she pushed me a lot because she saw my potential um she was amazing and she was saying like you know there's so much more uh, outside of living in Rexdale. And this was before i even knew i was moving like she would always speak great things into me um and then one day i, I told her like oh i'm moving or whatever and she was so sad i think she Aww. actually threw a going away party for me um Aww yeah and then she actually asked my mom because i was so sad and i was asked i asked she asked my mom if there's any way that even though i'm moving if i could just finish out the term and my mom was like okay fine like she was she was amazing i should go back and look for her um but yeah i've had i've had teachers who were vested in their students and who weren't mm-hmm. necessarily black. So it is impactful. It is important. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, God have mercy. I've had teachers who it doesn't matter what they just stick it on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with my personality, that did not work. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking like Wesley Heights. Sorry guys. Um, That whole school was a write-off Mercy My high school experience Again, I had some (laughs) teachers who were great (laughs) No, the whole school was a write-off That's not even funny,
0: that's so sad
1: (laughs) No, the whole school was a write-off Like, I think there must have been maybe Two teachers One was the art teacher And Maybe the music teacher That I didn't really have any issues With per se and maybe science as well, because I'm trying to I'm I'm trying to think about how it was.
2: That's like my high school too. My home economics teacher, the acting teacher, and my biochem teacher were stellar. Everyone yeah. else, I hope to see you never. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? So I need to also be positive. So <laughs> obviously, up until Barry, literally all my teachers were great. Honestly, all my teachers, everyone who took care of me, phenomenal. Very um, right, and Barry, you know, there was some teachers who definitely missed the mark. Like I, I still will firmly say there has been no teacher who I think has like advocated for me as a black girl, you know, in the education in the education system. However. Um, there have been a lot of teachers who just saw me as a student, and they did care for me. So, like I said, Ms. Pospero, um, Mrs. Roy, when I first moved, she made sure my transition was very smooth. Um, I don't think I've had, like, terrible teachers where they really came for me personally, mm. but... I did experience... Must be nice. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but there have been teachers who did make me feel uncomfortable by saying, like, microaggressive things. And, you know, so, yeah. And I remember this one teacher. What was his name? I forgot his name, but I remember a time. He, I don't know what a one-night stand was. And so we were making CD covers. Uh-oh. And my cover was this girl singing on a mic, and I named it One Night Stand. She's in town for one night. She's here with her stand, and she's going to sing. One night. (laughs) My teacher, I forgot his name. Oh my god. But He was such a good musician as well. My music teacher, this is in grade (laughs) seven. He was just like, Nisha I just get, I just need to talk to you and I'm like yeah what's up sir and he's just like so this title I'm, I'm like it's amazing right like oh I did not my damn self right he's just like so we can't actually use it and I said oh did someone take it and he's just like no 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 um this is very uncomfortable for me actually but um this is actually what one night stand means and I was just Mercy. like oh okay thank you so much sir and then yeah anyways but as in They're, your parents definitely would have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
1: absolutely,
0: and the yes. school. <laughs> yes. Anyways, um, yeah. So I, I've had like cool teachers, you know. But I feel like, I mean, thank you for not being racist. Like I don't know, like so they've Damn. been great. The bare
1: minimum. The you bare know minimum. what I mean? So it's just thank like okay, you for thanks for not
2: <laughs> being racist. I'm titling that of this episode that's gonna be the title honestly. and but what's no, crazy yeah, it just,
1: sorry mm-hmm. one other thing you guys are talking about a teacher that you know just like came for you i'll never forget this okay i had a teacher he was a portable teacher first of all the school didn't even put any respect on his name because for the full four years he's been a portable teacher okay Anyways. And you know that was politics, eh? Everyone knew it. (laughs) Bruh, I remember one time in class, like, okay, we had two lunches. First lunch and second lunch. And obviously you want to be with your friends. But I had to be in his class. He taught geography. And uh, geography or history. One of the two. I was going
2: to say, you guys had geography as a whole class? Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. Um... Mm. The and is different. let me tell you, child, one time th- they had just opened this Chinese spot, Chinese food store near our school. It was like maybe a 10, 15 minute walk. Everybody used to walk there or whatever. I asked one of my friends, all right, I'm on second lunch. You're on first lunch. When you're coming back from first lunch, can you drop off Chinese food for me? Because I'm hungry. Friends like, all right, cool. My friend does it. Knocks on the door and he goes, um, you can't eat that in here. I said, like, hell, I can't eat that in here. Uh, And I started to eat the food because I was hungry. Um, So he goes, you know what? And that's why you'll never amount to anything in this life. Well, like, oh, you got one of those, no.
2: too. I got one of those as well. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. I hope he hears this. Oh, I don't think he will, but if it yeah. makes its way to him... He can't I'm- deny it. He did it in front of a class. So. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to like kind of explore what you wish to see is because I haven't really gotten into Abbott Elementary as of yet, but I just love the whole mm. story of like this really pivotal... Um, figure yeah. in Quinta Brenson's childhood who then, you know, inspired her to make this work of art that, you know, a lot of people don't even remember, you know, their childhood and because it's traumatizing for a lot of us or mm-hmm. people just didn't really make that impact. So just to kind of inspire maybe anybody else there anybody else out there who's in the educational system like really root for your kids especially the people of color like the world out there is just so harsh on this already and like they spend the most time in school you really underestimate how formative those years are how formative that time is with you and you know the affirmation it does a lot so (sighs) that's the ending of that Before
0: you and I mean we are blessed it's very quick we are very <laughs> blessed to personally you know and be friends with the teachers in our lives who we know do the damn thing in their classrooms. this is so, true yeah this is yeah, true. so we rock that's y'all. really cool it's, it's nice to be friends with the people we looked up like their professions we looked up at looked up to yes when you were Mm -hmm. younger so it's really cool to see that the work that they do and advocating but we also know it's not an easy task at all especially if you are racialized um and yeah so most definitely continue
2: as always you know how the thing goes hit up all of our socials let us know your thoughts on this conversation make sure to send us a voice note on anchor we really actually want to hear your voice y'all we're not saying this just to say it we want y'all to be a part of the conversation. Okay, that's number one. And number two, if you have any questions or maybe, maybe you wanted to like a, have a ask the I like the way you think girls episode, send us an email at iltwyt.podcast at gmail.com. Correct? Yes. We're going to go with it. I'm not reading, so I'm going off the head. I think that was correct. And we it will is. see you guys <laughs> next week. Next week will be a part two of this talking about post-secondary education. So, ugh. I got stories about that, for sure. But until she then, was it for you? Yeah. I had my ups and downs. I had my ups and downs. Y'all have to stay tuned for our thoughts on that. So, uh you should do your little thing, because I know you're going to do it anyways.
0: And I like the way you think. Okay, cool. Thank you. Bye.